Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to another episode of Flush. I'm your host, Heba. I hope everyone's having a really beautiful Pride Month. Uh, to everyone who DM'd me or messaged me about last week's episode, thank you so much. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, to just summarize it very quickly. Um, by the way, quick tangent. Um, oof. Okay, how do I talk about this without... Um, Okay, I'm just going to say it. So a couple of my close friends and I listened to another podcast. And in that other podcast, the host constantly says, surmise. Now, not surmise. She says, surmise. I believe in her head, it's spelled (laughs) S-U-M-M-I-Z-E, maybe. I think that's what she's saying. I don't know. I believe in her head she's saying summarize. She thinks summarize is a word for summarize. It's again, it's not surmise like S-U-R-M-I-S-E. Um, and it's not summarize. She's saying summarize. Anyway, so I just said summarize. It just reminded me of that. And we talk about it so much that it's been this huge fear of mine that I'm gonna start saying summarize. And when I just said summarize, there was like a one percent part of me that was like, uh, am I, should I be saying surmise? No, it's not a word. Okay. Tangent over to summarize, summarize. Maybe she'll listen to this podcast and learn some things. Who knows? Um, last week's episode, um, my dog used to be paralyzed, uh, seven years ago. I believe she had herniated multiple discs. She had surgery. She was in wheels for months. She had a miraculous recovery. She learned to walk. Last week, she herniated another disc. She's not fully paralyzed this time, but she is prescribed what is called strict rest, which means she can't stand, walk, do anything. She has to be in a fenced-in area all day. We have to carry her outside to use the bathroom. Um, so she's doing okay as far as we can tell. A fun wrinkle in the situation is she also got a UTI. So really, really convenient time for her to have a UTI. She literally can't control her bladder. She's like peeing constantly, which is how I figured it out, actually, because she doesn't usually have pee accidents. Ever since the first time she was paralyzed, she's been a lot more prone to having poo accidents. Like it can just happen. She doesn't have as like good of control of her bowels as she used to pre ever being paralyzed, which, you know, seemed like kind of a fair trade. And, um, but she doesn't usually have pee accidents. And 
so when it happened a couple of times, I was like, that's suspicious. And I know she's, she's had UTIs before and I've seen that happen. And so I was like, oh, I think she has a UTI, but I'm not sure. And like, sometimes I get really paranoid with her and this isn't really a situation where I can just take her. Like she's not supposed to move at all. So I can't really like take her to the vet. So I don't really know what to do. And, um, I started emailing and calling all her vets. It was like really hard to get in touch with them. It's getting increasingly difficult to get in touch with vets. If any of you are vets or work at vet offices, can I just recommend better phone systems? Like I don't entirely understand what's going on, but I've noticed this huge trend, not with one vet, but with like three different vet offices that it's, it's really, it's, it's like, it's like trying to get on with the president nowadays. Like that's how hard it is to just get through on the phone. Anyway, and then she had another accident. And when I was cleaning it, I saw blood and I was like, okay, she definitely has a UTI. So we finally were able to get through with one vet office, um, got her an Uber <laughs> and we carried her in an Uber, took her to the vet. By then, by the time we got to the vet, I mean, her blood was just, uh, her pee was just completely blood. And um, she's on antibiotics. We're waiting on the results. I mean, the results did confirm that she has a UTI, which obviously when her urine was fully filled with blood, we were pretty confirmed already. But we're waiting on the culture from the lab to see which exact strain of bacteria she has. In the past, she's had kind of like a resistant strain. So we just started her on the same antibiotic that she took for her last UTI while pending results, and she might have to change antibiotics. But yeah, that's the update. Other than that, she seems to be doing well. Now, thank God she's already on codeine and benzos. So she was pretty mellow when the UTI happened. She really didn't seem to be in pain and discomfort. So, you know, I guess silver lining of the whole situation. But, you know, it's it's a lot. Like, it's, it's really, really hard. It feels a lot like Ozzy and I are raising a baby together. And before anyone gets mad at me for saying this, I'm not comparing having a dog usually to having a human child. I recognize that these are very, very different things. I do think in this extreme scenario, it's a lot like having a human child. Obviously still different, still different. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but there are similarities. Like there's pee and poo all the fucking time. That's not the case when you have a normal dog situation. There isn't just fecal matter all the time. Uh, we literally can't leave her alone at all, although we are going to leave her alone for one hour tonight for the first time. But the past, what, like two and a half weeks or however long it's been, two weeks, not even, we can have, I don't know, what is time anymore? We literally, like, I don't even pee until Ozzy is in the room and then I'll get up and go pee. I mean, that is the extreme. Like one of us is by her side 24-7. She's on six different kinds of medication now that she has to take through multiple times of the day. I think there's like five or six different times of day that she has to take different types of medication. Um, this also does not include her probiotic. I don't even count that as a medication because it's just sprinkled on her food. But, you know, it, it's a lot. Um it's a lot of care. Like we have literally no alone time. We have no time to ourselves. We have, I mean, I, 
last week I had a doctor's appointment and I remember walking to the doctor's appointment and being like, I am so thrilled for this doctor's appointment because it is the only time I've had outside of the house, the only time I've had to myself, by myself. Ozzy and I have no personal like time for our relationship, really. We have not sex. I mean, it feels like we have a newborn in the house. <laughs> this is what it's like. Like We move in together and a week and a half later, we are now taking care of a newborn, essentially. Um, to throw a wrinkle in the mix, I've had this work trip scheduled for this coming week. And then next week, Ozzy has a work trip, but we ordered this like adorable little buggy thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. I'll post a photo on my Instagram stories or DM me and I'll show it to you. It's so fucking cute. It's this little like four wheeled thing so that if one of us wants to take her out alone, I mean, it, right now it's a two person job. He carries her and I do all the doors and stuff. But now if one of us wants to carry her alone, we treat trained her to kind of stay calm in there. So she just lays down and you pull the little buggy cart. It looks a lot like it gives the energy of, you know, carrying the pharaoh through the streets. It's very cute. It's very regal. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's a lot. <laughs> so that's that on Sam updates. I have some personal updates that I've been really excited to share. I just was waiting for the moment when it was going to happen. So something that not a lot of people know about me because I actively try to keep it secret is that I've been vaping for the past uh, year and a half, two years, I would say. And by vaping, I mean vaping nicotine. Now, I understand this is awful for you. I understand I'm this like health and wellness girly and then secretly vaping. It's not something I've been proud of. It's something I really started doing because it helps me poo. And last year I quit a couple of times, but neither were really on my terms. The first time I had gotten sick, it's when I was first hanging out with a band guy and he gave me herpes, um, not the genital variety, the oral variety, although quick lesson about herpes, because I learned a fuck ton about herpes, is that um, genital herpes and like the oral herpes, which is the um, the cold sores, you know, is actually like very, very, very similar viruses. So what's what we call like the oral or the her the cold sore type is HSV1, genitals is HSV2. They're actually incredibly similar viruses and they also can be passed to both regions. So if you have an active cold sore and you uh, perform fellatio on a man, he could get herpes on his genitals, it would be the HSV1 strain. So technically it wouldn't be what we call genital herpes, but it would be herpes on the genitals. So this bizarre stigma that we have towards genital herpes that we don't have towards cold sores because like 90 plus percent of the population gets them is very strange. And I think we need to get rid of it. Nevertheless, it was HSV1. And I'm very much complicit in this because I cried like a child when I thought that I possibly could have herpes, like genital herpes. But no, it was just the oral variety. He had a cold sore. We kissed. My body, being the pristine temple that it is, minus the vaping, had never been exposed to the um, uh, to cold sores. 
And um, apparently, if you're exposed to the herpes virus for the first time as an adult, which is incredibly rare because kids usually just get it from their parents because, again, like 90 plus percent of the population has it. It's incredibly rare. But if it does happen, your body's like really, really freaked out because it's this brand new virus that it's never seen before. And um, I got super, super sick. And the entire inside of my mouth was covered in sores. There were like 300 of them. So very long story, very long tangent short. Um, I couldn't really vape. So it wasn't really by choice that I quit the first time. And then the second time was later on when I was dating Van Guy. And I was like, yeah, I want to quit. And I quit. And then I started vaping again last summer because... It like started like I was like, oh, I'll just take like one drag. I just like I'm really constipated. I just really want to poo before I go to this event. And that's always how it starts with me. But this time, you know, I've known since the beginning of this year that I was going to quit vaping this year. Like I, it's it's really I mean, I knew the entire time that I was going to quit at some point. But beginning of this year, I was like, I'm quitting in 2022. It's not going to be yet because I know I'm not ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etc. I'm not ready yet, but I am quitting in 2022. And then before I went to Australia, I bought a bunch of vapes. And I kind of thought I'd run out in Australia and I'd be forced to quit in Australia, but they had lasted. And so I got back. And so when I got back, I was like, well, when I'm done with the vapes that I have now, I'm quitting. And I opened my last vape like a few weeks ago. So really, I've been waiting for the moment for that last vape to run out and be like, okay, I've quit vaping. But it took longer than I expected, which is probably good because I probably was like weaning myself off a little bit. Uh, so yes, I have officially quit vaping this week. I quit vaping and got my period the same day, which was also the day after Sam got a UTI, which was a week and a half after she was prescribed strict rest. So it's been a it's been a, an eventful couple of weeks in this household. And What's really fun about this story, A, if you are someone who uses nicotine, let this be a sign for you that you too can quit with me because it really is just absolutely terrible for you. And if you're not going to think about the long-term consequences, maybe just think about this. It really affects your skin and your appearance, and that happens quite quickly, so... If that helps, like if you're a vain bitch like me who sometimes is like cancer schmancer. Um, no, that's not funny. I'm sorry. Uh, like I, I don't take it lightly, but I think we have this thing. This is a very real thing when you are on the younger side where it's sometimes just hard to think about the long term consequences of things. Like I remember I went through a phase where I smoked cigarettes when I was in law school and what I really cared about was like not smelling like cigarettes. And so I had this whole insane way that I went about it. I mean, insane. I had one specific jacket that I wore when I smoked cigarettes. I had a specific set of gloves and hat. These were my, this was my smoking outfit. I would wear the jacket, the hat, have my hair tied in a tight bun with the hat over it um, and the gloves on so that none of like my things would smell like cigarettes. And then I'd come home, I'd take those things off, I'd wash my hands, I'd take, I'd change my clothes. I, I mean, I, it was an insane protocol so that I would never smell like cigarettes. 
Anyway, I'm not really sure how we got here. Oh, oh, yes. So yeah, let it be your sign, you know, or if there's something else that you're doing that you feel like isn't in your highest good that you know just is bad for your long-term health and it's kind of a crutch. And listen, we all have our things and it's okay to a certain extent. I mean, obviously if you're like using heroin or something, like please get immediate help because overdoses can happen at any time, especially now that there's so much fentanyl and heroin. So that's a whole separate thing. But you know, if it's something kind of mild and some things are really mild, sometimes we just numb from our feelings by like scrolling through Instagram, right? And you know, we all have our things and it's kind of okay. But if you have something that you know you're using that isn't in your highest good, whether it's, you know, overeating or whatever, I'm not going to start listing things, but you get the point, whether it's something like kind of minor or a little bit more intense and you've been getting the feeling that like it's time to quit, you know, there comes a time where I think we get strong enough where we're like, I don't need to rely on this crutch anymore and it's time for me to move on. So if you're starting to get feelings like this, let this be your sign and whatever it is, quit with me and we can be quitting girlies together. Um, but the other fun thing about me quitting this is that um, Ozzy and I got in a little tiff and I got to talk about it. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm grinning ear to ear because literally every single week I'm like, especially if I'm doing a solo episode, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put off recording until the very last minute in hopes that something happens that I can talk about it. And every week I'm like, hey, I'm going to be recording on Monday. So um if you want to do something like really annoying or like asshole-ish or maybe if there's like a fight we could get into or just something crazy could happen, it would be really cool if we could get that in before Monday so I can talk about it on the podcast. But we did get in a bit of a tiff and um, I think there are some takeaways. So basically what happened was the day that my vape ran out, Oh, leading up to this, leading up to the vape running out, I had been warning him. I'm like, hey, listen, like the biggest thing I've experienced with nicotine withdrawal in the past is that it makes you extremely irritable. And this is like not just me. I've seen it in other people. It just makes you really irritable. Like it's a very real thing. And so I've been warning him. I'm like, hey, I might be really irritable. And I know my baseline <laughs> is pretty irritable. So, you know, I might be a bit of a monster. And part of it is like I'm a little bit scarred because when I quit vaping with Van Guy, I mean, Van Guy's just not a very like patient and understanding person at all. And so... I think I was coming from that own trauma by warning Ozzy so many times about the irritability. Nevertheless, I guess he's been really stressed about it. And um, the day that I like was finishing, I was like throwing away all these vapes. And I was like, are you proud of me? And he's like, yeah, but I'm really stressed about the irritability. And I got so upset like so upset and it wasn't this like full-blown fight I really just cried and I was like it really bums me out that that's the first thing that you said and for anyone listening who's like I don't really understand what he did wrong let me explain to you and let me just give you advice in this scenario 
he's very valid for his fears, right? Those are totally valid fears. Like put yourself in his position. Like you're dating someone who's already (laughs) prone to irritability. And now something's coming up that she's been warning you about for like a month and a half, two months that she's going to be super irritable. And, you know, we're dealing with this super stressful situation already. Like I understand his fears. I really, really do. But... I just, I don't think it's like what I wish he would have said. And this is the advice that I will give to anyone in a comparable or analogous in some way situation is, and this is what I told him, what I wish he would have said is like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is so great. It's going to be so good for your long-term health. You know, I am a little bit concerned about the irritability and I'm really nervous about it but we'll get through it. It's just going to be a few weeks. And then like, you know, the rest of your life, you'll be so much healthier. Now here is what's really nice about that approach. You're still saying the thing, right? The fear about the irritability or whatever in your applicable scenario, the negative thing is the quote unquote negative thing, but you're sandwiching it in between two nice things. And I think that just lands so much better than the first thing being like, oh my God, I'm so worried about it. Because what I hear there is like, okay, well then what? Do you want me to not quit? Like, should I continue poisoning my body so that I don't get more irritable? Like, would that be better for you? And I understand that's an irrational response. I really, really do. But that's kind of how it lands. It just felt very hurtful and very... um. I don't know what I really like about him and what I really like about this relationship is that I feel like I really, really have a partner. And in that moment, it didn't feel like real partnership. And again, it's, it's, it kind of is a bit of a semantics thing, right? Cause as soon as I started saying all this, he was like, no, I am so proud of you. And I, I, this is going to be so much better for the long term and everything. It's just, I was just voicing my feelings. Now that brings me to what I think I did wrong in this situation because it's really, it's never just one person, even if it seems really uh, one-sided and it seems very simple and shut. And, you know, I've joked before that I like to gaslight Ozzy into thinking that he's always wrong and I'm always right, but it's always two people. There's always something that we've done wrong also, even when we're being wronged, I would say, unless there's like serious abuse going on or you know, hate crimes or things like that. Like, please don't internalize something like that. But I just mean in regular day-to-day conflicts, I think there's always a situation where we can find a wrongdoing of our own and something to take responsibility for. So Ozzy is not someone who talks about his feelings a ton. Like he kind of has a bit of that avoidant patterning where he's just not like super, you know, chatting about his feelings all the time. This was the situation where he talked about his feelings. And what did I do? I started crying and I kind of shut it down. And I don't think that was the right way for me to react. I think if you have someone who isn't as naturally expressive with their feelings, when they do express their feelings, the most 
most important thing you can do is receive it well because that encourages them to keep doing it. So that's my mistake. That was his mistake. I just think this is very actionable. Again, like most people aren't dealing with this exact scenario, but pretty much everyone is dealing with some version of their own, right? Where you have some fear or something you want to say that you're hesitant to say. That's a good way to say it. Sandwich it in between two nice things. And similarly, most of us are dating someone who in some way has a difficulty opening up about something. Good God, have I said the word some a lot. Like new drinking game idea. Replace um with some. Okay. So, um, by the way, by that I meant I tend to say um a lot, and I've always thought it would be a fun drinking game to just drink every time I say um. And by fun, I mean a deadly drinking game. But yeah, you can do it with some now. Okay. Uh, Where was I going? So, you know, we've all kind of encountered that situation. I do think it's really, really important to be really warm and receptive of that, of them expressing their feelings. Ah, okay, moving along. Today I did something really fun and different. I did a EMS workout. I believe that stands for electromagnetic stimulation workout. So what you do is you put on this suit that has electrodes all over it and the electrodes stimulate your muscles And you do actually exercise, like you do squats and various movements, but the electrodes are stimulating, like like really contracting the muscles, like harder than you could ever contract them. I mean, it literally felt like, think like the hardest workout you've ever had in your life, like specifically like the hardest bicep curl you've ever done, the hardest tricep exercise, the hardest ab workout, the hardest glute workout, the hardest you've ever worked any single muscle group, multiply it by a hundred and have it all happen at the exact same time. That's what it felt like. It was really, really wild. 10 out of 10 recommended. I actually first saw it on a reality show called Vanderpump Rules and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then more recently, I heard this fired cast member from that show mentioned that it was how she lost all of her baby weight. And she, I think, had gained like a decent amount of baby weight that she was really, really struggling to lose. Like she was doing everything, you know, working out, various insane diets, like bone broth, disgusting, don't even get me started. Nothing was working for her. And then she tried this once a week and she lost all of her baby weight and she looks amazing. And she said it's the strongest she's ever been. So I really wanted to try it um, in part if I'm going to be completely honest because I have gained weight and I would love to lose some of the weight that I gained, but also because... I'm quitting vaping. I want to treat my body better. I'm, you know, caring for this really, really sick dog. And I really want to be at my personal best to care for this dog. And I want to get stronger. And I just thought it would be a really fun way to do it. I really, really enjoyed it. If you're in New York City, check them out. I believe it's Impulse Fitness. Say that I sent you, please, and thank you. Um, But DM me and I can give you all the info. I like I really want to do it all the time like it's I think it's the thing that I needed in my life I don't know I'm obsessed 
Another recommendation, I've recently been reading about this, but apparently raw carrots can help ease PMS symptoms. It's something, now I don't know, okay, I'm just going to tell you what I've read about it, and then I have a question that I would love answered. So apparently it's the soluble fiber in raw carrots will bind with the excess estrogen in our bodies and help remove it. And so that'll ease PMS symptoms like bloating and weight gain. And and they don't even have to be premenstrual. Some of us have these cycle long, you know, but like if you're having hormonal weight gain, hormonal acne, um, bloating, mood swings, all of those things tend to be linked to estrogen dominance. And so the fiber will bind with excess estrogen and help remove it with your, um, from your body. So, I, this past cycle, have started incorporating raw carrots, and I will say, when my period came, I didn't even notice it. Usually the last few days before my period, I'm like, good God, I need this bitch to get here because I'm so bloated and so moody and so uncomfortable, but this cycle, I didn't even notice. Like It was so much easier, so it does seem to work. My question is this, is it all kinds of soluble fiber that'll do it? Or is there something specific to carrots that make it different from other raw vegetables in this scenario? I don't know. I have not been able to find an answer to that. The only people who are talking about the carrot are, you know, like Instagram hormone influencers, not like medical experts really. Although I did find a few like peer review studies peer-reviewed studies that I read on it, which is how I figured out the whole fiber thing. Because if you look at Instagram, it's just like chicks pointing up in the air being like, look, and it does this and it does that. But that's how I figured out the whole fiber part of it. So I don't know if it applies to other vegetables or if it's something specific to carrots. Nevertheless, it did seem to work for me. So that's just a tip right there. If you are a vulva owner who menstruates, check it out. Although also I think um, penis owners can have excess estrogen also, so could be applicable for you too. Uh, Along with recommendations, I only have one TV show recommendation this week, but I have two content creator recommendations, which is a new thing I'm going to be doing. So My TV show recommendation is called Defending Noah. It's on Apple TV+. I don't want to give a lot away, but it's kind of in the like suspense, mystery, drama realm of things. Like it's not a comedy, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, Not gory or anything like that. Not scary at all, but very interesting, very captivating. I really whizzed my way through it. Is I, I said that the other week too, and I don't think that's a word. I think that's just maybe I'm as bad as the surmise girl, right? I don't know. Moving right along, really recommend it. If you do check it out, can you please DM me so we can talk about it? Um, on Instagram, I recommend the account Move with Tara, M O V E W I T H T A R A. She is a pole dancer and she is a feminist. Um, so she posts all these 
pole dancing videos of herself and she's unbelievably talented on the pole. Like it's mind blowing how good she is. And, um, she'll, you know, post like words and stuff on the video. You, you know how people do these videos, right? I don't need to explain the concept to you, but it's very, very educational. She's just super feminist and like incredibly educational, even, you know, if you think you know a lot about feminism, you might be kind of interested by her take on things. And I mean, she's just incredibly good on the pole. It really makes me want to take pole dancing, pole dancing lessons, right? Why am I struggling to say that? If anyone knows a good place in this city, let me know because holy shit, it looks really fun. And she's just, it's unreal how talented she is. The other content creator recommendation that I have is on TikTok. It's Pragadish Kala. Kalivan. I might have mispronounced that, likely mispronounced that, but it's spelled P-R-A-G-A-D-I-S-H-K-A-L-A-I-V-A-N. He is um, an Indian content creator, and he talks about brands that culturally appropriate. He calls out content creators that appropriate and misrepresent things like Ayurveda or things from the Vedic culture. Obviously, we can think of a ton of white girls who act like Ayurveda experts. And he'll call out things that they do wrong and how it's really diluting the culture. And, um, he also does a really good job of highlighting BIPOC brands that you should support. So again, I just found it incredibly educational, like so educational. It's just a topic that really interests me. And, you know, I think we all should be educating ourselves. And I really appreciate it when people can make this educational education. <laughs> just don't know how to speak anymore. Um, can make this education really... Um, both entertaining and also accessible, chewable, digestible. Um, so yeah, those are my recommendations for the week. Also, quick shout out, Britney Spears got married to her Persian now husband. So that means she's kind of in the Persian world, which is literally the best thing that has happened to me, maybe ever. Literally like that little girl who never saw people who looked like her on TV and was obsessed with Britney Spears, that inner child is to the moon excited that Britney Spears is married to a Persian man. I mean, oof, what that does for you, I can't even begin to say. So moving along, this week I wanted to talk about, I previously talked about Cosmo maybe a couple of episodes ago. And so I wanted to find some of um, Cosmo's sex tips throughout the years, some of, you know, the more interesting ones, and I was going to read them and comment on them because that's where we're at on the podcast. Honestly, it's been really, really hard booking guests because I'm dealing with a lot. <laughs> and so I'm getting real creative for you guys. All right, so I'm going to start reading them and... Sometimes I'll comment. Sometimes maybe I won't even have anything to say. We'll see. Number one, an ex once came to bed in a soaking wet t-shirt. 
the site was jaw dropping. Now, this was a comment from a man written into Cosmo as a recommendation for something that a female could do to excite her boyfriend because let's not forget that was the entire premise of Cosmopolitan magazine from its entire inception up until very, very, very recently, right? It's how women can do weird, exciting, sexual, sexy things so that a man will like them and be interested in them and stay with them, right? That's it. So this idea is to come to bed in a wet t-shirt. Now, if someone did this to me, if the roles were reversed and Ozzy entered into our bed in a wet t-shirt, I would break up with him. So I don't know. I really like my bed. I don't need it to get wet. There are already enough ways it can get wet. Like if we have sex, there's always going to be a wet area. I don't need you to purposefully enter wetness into the bed. Like also just take the shirt off. Like, has he never seen your tits before? Is that really that exciting for him? Like, are we in a 1990s teenage movie? I don't know. Whatever. Don't recommend, but if you want to do it, go off. Okay, this next one is make two fists around his shaft and twist them in opposite directions as fast as you can. Okay, I actually don't understand that. Um, by two fists, do they mean like, like you're making, I mean, it's two fists, right? So you're making fists like as though, you know, you're in boxing class, your hands are in fists, and then you put them on the outside of the penis and twist them. I might need a visual representation of this because I don't think I understand. Like, how do you twist your fists? Now, if on the other hand, they mean grab the shaft with two hands and twist it in opposite directions, I have done that while performing fellatio. We're just going there this week. I mean, this is just getting more unhinged by the day. <laughs> um, I've done that while performing fellatio, and I 10 out of 10 recommend that. I've, in my experience, men enjoy that. Um, and, you know, if there isn't room for two full hands and your mouth, you can just do like a, like a couple of fingers. It doesn't have to be like the full hand, just like, you know, like it can be just one finger, right? The index finger touching your thumb, just two rings twist in opposite directions as you're moving up and down with the head. I find that men enjoy that. I do think this is a different thing make two fists around his shaft and twist them in opposite directions. I, I literally don't understand. I honestly don't understand. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was number two. If someone understand that, I'll read it one more time. If someone can understand that and send me a video of what they think it means, you can do it to a popsicle or a banana or something. Please do, because I don't think I get it. Make two fists around his shaft and twist them in opposite directions as fast as you can. I don't know. I don't think I get it. Number three, put a bunch of, in parentheses, clean exclamation mark, loose change in the freezer for an hour. 
tell him to slick your vulva with warming lube, then cover it with the coins in parentheses outside only exclamation mark the cold against the warm incredible okay so honestly my bigger thing here is i just want to know a lot about how these people are managing to clean their coins because currency is quite literally the dirtiest thing on the face of the planet and i um <laughs> I just can't say I've ever taken time out of my life to clean my coins. Now, here's an idea, though. I believe the reason this would, in theory, work is because metals feel cold to the touch. They actually don't really change temperature, but when you put something metallic in the freezer, it will get... So like if you just have a metal sitting at room temperature, it will be room temperature, but it'll feel colder than room temperature to your skin. That's just a mental thing. It's something to do with chemistry and... um I don't know. I don't remember. Or biology. I don't remember. I know we did this in like ninth grade science class. So you put it in the freezer, it gets to freezer temperature, but it'll feel colder than if you put something else in the freezer just because of the properties of metal. Why can't you put some other kind of metal in the freezer and do this? Like, why does it have to be quite literally the dirtiest thing that has existed on the planet? And like, again, I just, I want to know how they're cleaning these coins and how much time they have in their day to be sitting around cleaning coins. Cause like I have a pseudo paralyzed dog to be taken care of. I just don't have time to be cleaning coins, <laughs> but I don't know the hot against the cold. Who knows? Also who has warming lube on hand? Are people out here using lube? Like I need to know. Cause I don't, um, I do like last year when I broke up with band guy, I, my sex drive really took a plunge, like just the very thought of his existence, like completely turned off my sex drive. This went on for an exceptionally long time. I did quite a bit of therapy because I was like, I think it's highly unusual that I'm so triggered by someone I dated. Um, but I started using coconut oil as lube. It's probably not the best texture, but it's extremely good for vaginal health. It's both antibiotic and antifungal, so it's just excellent for the vagina. So that's kind of what I do use. But um, yeah, are people out here using lube all the time? Because a lot of these tips involve lube, and I just have like a million questions but like who has warming lube I don't know is it fun like should I get it should I get some warming lube I guess that's what I'm getting at please write in okay number four text this <laughs> sorry I'm gonna restart <laughs> text this was that your hand rubbing my leg under the table or your dad's Here's why. Meeting the parents is always a biggie. It's good to lighten the mood with a little flirty humor. Here's the thing. I don't think it's good to lighten the mood with accusing his father of sexual harassment. 
I'm just gonna say it. Like, and this couldn't have been written that long ago because there's texting involved. So we can't even blame this on like a time thing. This is like, if his dad is randomly stroking your leg under the table, that is like sexual harassment and it's really, really not okay. And I really don't think it's funny to falsely accuse his dad of sexual harassment. So this is just a hard, hard, hard pass. We're just going to move right along because like, what the fuck? Number five. Wait, I'm sorry. I just remembered what number five is. And I don't know if I can get through reading this out loud. Because what the fuck? Okay. Number five. Have someone hide in the closet, but don't tell your partner. Next time you have a friend over and your partner comes home, shove the friend in the nearest room slash closet slash any space that is out of sight, but also close enough that it's weird. Then get it on. It'll be just like every other time, except for the fact that someone is secretly there watching you slash covering their ears. Okay, so let me recap this for you in case you did not understand what Cosmopolitan Magazine suggested to its readers. It said to invite a friend over. Have the friend hide. Then have your boyfriend come back and have sex while your friend is hiding. Now, I'm not sure if your friend is in on this, like they're aware of what they're hiding for or if they're completely in the dark, but clearly the boyfriend has no idea. So we are having a massive issue with consent here because at the very least, one person involved has not consented. The boyfriend has no idea that there's someone hiding and listening the friend may or may not have consented. I don't know if they know what kind of weird game of sick, sick, sick hide and seek they're about to be playing. And here's the thing. If you're into voyeurism, I believe it's called voyeurism. Go off. Do your thing. But consent is really fucking important. It is the most important thing in sex. Literally, consent is number one. Pleasure is number two. So if you want to be voyeuristic, please. But everyone involved better be consenting because otherwise you have a massive issue on your hand. I would go as far as to say, I think this might be illegal. Please do not do this. You want to be voyeuristic? Find ways to do it where everyone consents and it's completely legal. That's great. Go off. Or you know what else you could do? You could like have sex in front of a window where your neighbors could watch. Now, have your neighbors consented? No, but they could choose to not watch. So by watching, I think they are consenting, right? That I think is okay, right? Are we okay with that? I think that's okay. And obviously you should tell the person that you're having sex with that this is the plan because they should be aware. Okay, moving right along. This is number six. Firmly hold the bottom of his shaft in one hand and slowly push it towards the base. Imagine you're pushing his penis into his body. So I think maybe the person who wrote this was confusing a human being with a dog, because as far as I know, human beings' penises do not retract and extend from their shell the way the red rocket on a dog might. So this is just 
factually, scientifically, physiologically incorrect. I don't think you should do this. I don't have a penis, so I can't speak with 100% expertise, but my instinct is don't do this. Okay, number, I don't know, seven, whatever, I've lost count at this point. Dip your breasts in edible body paint, then use them to, quote unquote, sponge paint his entire body, then lick it off. I don't know. Sure. This sounds kind of fun. I don't know. It's 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 artsy. Um I do worry about edible body paint, like what the ingredients are in that. I know food coloring is like truly atrocious for you. Like it's one of the worst things that you can put in your body. So it kind of feels like edible body paint might have a lot of the same toxic ingredients that we find in artificial food coloring. Um, so, you know, just a bit of like a health situation there. I like the artsy vibes of it. Personally, I really do not enjoy combining food with sex. It's just, I think there are two different types of pleasure that are best enjoyed independently, but that's just me. And I do remember as a kid reading Cosmo and thinking there would be a lot more food in sex. And I was pretty disappointed to see how little food there is in sex. But it's just, uh, I don't know, each thing, one thing at a time, you know? Okay. Next one, maybe number eight, but who knows? Take a few of your favorite erotically appealing flavor combinations like peanut butter and honey or whipped cream and chocolate sauce and mix up yummy treats all over his body. Okay, so we're back to food and sex. And all I want to say is there is literally not one flavor combination on the face of this planet that I find erotic. In fact, I find food to be so unerotic. Really enjoy it. Really fucking enjoy it. I just it's just not erotic. I just, the cleanup, no, it's just no, it's a no for me. But if it's your thing, go off. I don't know. (sighs) Next one, potentially number nine, mix a few flavors of lube to create new combos like strawberry banana. Okay. Are people using flavored lube? I really thought this was just something that was in like the college health clinic in the fishbowl that you could grab. Like I thought it was something that we used as gag gifts in college because the college clinic is handing them out for free. Are people out here using flavored lube? And if so, are you getting yeast infections? Because just know also it's not like we're not in science class and we're also not in the kitchen, although it does seem like the Cosmo editors are very into combining food and sex because we just read three in a row but it's it's just a no for me but like also are we in the third grade I don't know are people using flavored lube like I, I find that even more shocking than warming lube like am I just completely naive to the lube game going on in the world these days um because literally no clue number maybe number 10 who knows Mix one tablespoon of saliva, the kind deep in your throat works best, 
its viscosity makes it a good substitute for lube with one tablespoon of water to stretch the spit. I am literally going to throw up. What the fuck? Honestly, just use lube. Just use use fucking flavored lube if you must. I don't care. I stand corrected. What the fuck? Like, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, please, please, please just never, ever, ever say that again. I'm so sorry to the people listening for having to have heard that. Moving right along. Number 11-ish. Feed each other ice cream in the dark. Not being able to see means more spilling, which means more licking, more licking up the mess. No, no. Clearly an adult did not write this because whoever wrote this is not familiar with the concept of cleaning. No, this is not erotic. This is annoying. If someone did this to me, I would kill them. Moving right along. Number 12 or so. Use your electric toothbrush or your iPhone when your vibrator is out of batteries. Yeah, okay. I've heard of people using electric toothbrushes. Um, I do not have personal experience with that, but what I think would be nice about that is that I think the vibration is more mild, and sometimes I find that vibrators vibrate a little bit too intensely. Um, so I've always been curious about that. Now, I use my toothbrush to clean my teeth. I have impeccable dental hygiene, not to brag. I floss two times a day, not once, two times a day. Impeccable dental hygiene. My dentist loves me. I don't get to talk about it often enough, so I'm just going to brag about it right here real quick. So yeah, I have not done this. Sounds appealing. I do have kind of an embarrassing story. Um, one time when I was like really, really young, I just gotten a cell phone. I like had just kind of find, found out that people like vibration on the clit. And so I, um, like just like texted a million people and then put my phone like on the outside of my panties, um, in the vulva region and waited for people to text back. It wasn't bad. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, um, now this does feel a little outdated because I don't think um, vibrators have physical batteries. They just like charge now. I don't know. Moving right along. Number 13 or so. This one's really fucked up. So it was in context of picking a film to watch with your, I'm sure, boyfriend because this magazine was incredibly heteronormative up until just a few years ago. Avoid anything that'll cause hearty belly laughs, like super bad. A jiggly tummy won't make you feel good. What the fuck, Cosmo? I think we need an apology for having heard that. That's just, that's, that's exactly the type of thing that I think is problematic in these types of magazines. Like, it's just... Fuck that. Fuck that. Like, please pick something that'll make you laugh. And I'm so sorry to everyone out there who's been exposed with things like this. And I think females in particular, we just have had so many years of receiving messages of like, 
we should be wanting to attract men and this is how we attract men and this is how we keep men. And that's kind of my point of doing this. It isn't just to, you know, like fill time or giggle. It's that I think a lot of these things are really problematic and we can laugh about it, but we also need to celebrate how far we've come while striving to continue being better. And I think we need to acknowledge how things like this have actually affected our subconscious. Okay, I have like 12 more pages of this. I'm just going to do a few more and then I might do the next, <laughs> the rest next week. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay, when he's least expecting it, tell your man you need some change. Then stick your hand in his pocket and touch his penis through the fabric, pretending that you're really digging around for that coinage you need. When he's good and hard, whisper something in his ear like, is that a roll of quarters in your pocket or are you just glad to see me? Okay, so what's really fucking wild about this is I vividly remember reading this as a child when I read Cosmopolitan magazine as a child because my parents, I'm sure, did not know. And, you know, I thought that growing up would be a lot of doing weird things like this. I've not once done this. Um... I kind of feel like if I started putting my hands in men's pants, they would kind of be like, what the fuck? Although I will once in a while do like a hand in the back pocket situation. But yeah, I've never done this. I mean, it's kind of a cheesy line, but who knows? Like maybe that would be kind of exciting at a little like over the pants or through the pants or in the in between the pants action in public. I don't know. I mean, it seems a little explicit for public, but who knows? Sounds kind of exciting. I don't know. Next one, number maybe 15 or so, who knows at this point. Slip your hand into his back pocket and lightly stroke his ass. Since it's totally private and hidden from everyone else, it conveys that you're feeling especially attracted to him. Hi, Cosmo, have you ever seen pants? Since when are the back pockets, quote unquote, totally private and hidden from everyone else? Have pants changed? Have I not worn pants in so long that I don't even know what they look like anymore? Because I don't think that's true. I don't know. Okay, moving right along. Record your voice on your cell the next time you have a solo session. Then send him the audio file in the middle of the day with just the text, want to hear me do this tonight? Honestly, I kind of don't hate this. Like, I don't know. I kind of don't hate this. Like, I think that's kind of sexy. Should we all maybe do this? Ooh, I'm about to go away. Should I maybe do this? I don't know. Okay. Should I do... Uh, I will do three more because that way I'll be done with this page. And then I'll start the next, next episode, unless I get a lot of DMs that everyone literally hates this, in which case I will not do that. Okay. Um, as you're eating dinner together, say something X-rated, like, see how I'm devouring this piece of meat? That's how I'm going to devour you. I don't think that's very sexy. Um, also... I don't think you should ever chew on anyone's genitalia. So I really hope it's not the exact same way, but I don't know. I mean, it like, I, 
I like the idea, right? I like the idea of like throwing out something kind of sexy at dinner that alludes to later. Although I will say personally, I really like to be intimate before dinner because after a big dinner, I just want to veg. I really don't want to do that, but that's just me. I don't know. It's just, it's just, you know what it is? Reading Cosmo, it feels like it's so much effort. Like you have to put so much work in. Like you just constantly have to be trying to be sexy and otherwise a man will leave you. That's kind of the impression that I feel like it gave me as a kid. And that's kind of what I'm trying to call out. Moving right along. Hide your turned on vibrator in his sock drawer. When he figures out where the buzzing is coming from, tell him he gets to experience its, its pleasure power. Um, so my vibrator doesn't have battery life that lasts this long, but, you know, I like the kind of like sexual, weird hide and seek aspect of this, um, it reminds me a lot of this episode of Friends where there's a, ooh, what was it? I think there's a light switch that Monica can't figure out what the light switch goes to. It was during that period of time where Monica and Rachel had switched apartments with Chandler and Joey. And so they're living in Chandler and Joey's apartment and there's a light switch and Monica can't figure out what it's controlling. And so she plugs a bunch of things in to figure out um, a bunch of things that make noise um, into various outlets and she switches it on to see where the noise is coming from, something to that effect. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I don't really know what to say. Again, my personal vibrator is battery life. I don't think would be good enough for this. Um, but yeah, also, I didn't know that men enjoyed vibration on their bodies. If there are any men listening, could you please tell me what part of your body you like vibration on? Because she likes to learn. Uh, okay, last one for this week. <laughs> Give him a beer facial. The combination of the egg white and the yeast in the hops hydrates and improves skin elasticity. But you can just tell him that your lips can't resist his delicious beer-flavored face. Okay, I have like 45 questions. Number one, what the fuck is a beer facial? Does it is it exactly what it sounds like? You just pour beer all over their face. Number two, beer has egg whites in it. Number three, I just don't even want to hear the word yeast anywhere near anything sexual. If you have a vulva, you probably feel me. It's just a hard pass for me. Number four, like really his delicious beer flavored face. Like if someone said that to me, I would be insulted. I'd be like, so I have to splash beer all over my face for you to be interested in it. This is just a hard pass for me. And this is where we're going to wrap up Cosmo's most interesting, wildest, steamiest, funniest sex tips. I will resume this next week unless a lot of people tell me not to do, resume it next week, but I'm leaning towards doing it because there's a lot of goodies left and um, maybe it'll break up the monotony of just having to hear my voice. <sighs> Seriously though, thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, you know, rate, review, subscribe, 
I know it's annoying that I say it every week, but it means a lot if you could share it in your stories as a personal favor to me because I'm going through the hardest fucking time ever. I'd really appreciate that. No, seriously, though, this podcast is a really nice release. Um, it's always fun when I get to share things about my personal life with you guys, like um, that very unhinged sex tip I gave, which is kind of uncharacteristic of me. Or, you know, this week I actually got to share a very real altercation between his altercation, the right word, because like fight just seems a little dramatic. It wasn't that big of a thing, but let's just call it a fight between me and Ozzy and, um, you know, be able to use like my own personal life as an educational tool. So I do really appreciate that. Seriously. Thank you for listening. Check out all the things I recommend, recommended the carrots, the TV show, the content creators, Yada, yada. Love you guys. DM me if you have literally any feedback at all. Please share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag at blushpod. Tag me. Would love to see it. It literally would make my fucking week. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.